All right, welcome to Worship Quest Wednesdays. Today we're joined by Holland Davis and Chris Monroe to discuss the relationship between worship leaders and senior pastors. Holland and Chris are good friends of mine and great men who have served the church for many years as both worship leaders and senior pastors, which give them a unique insight into our topic for this Worship Quest Wednesdays. So let me introduce them to you. Holland Davis is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel San Clemente. He's the teaching pastor for Worship Life Radio and a published author and songwriter. His most well-known song is Let It Rise, which is featured on the multi-platinum selling project Wow Worship Blue. Uh, prior to that, he served as the worship leader for Pastor Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and the A&R director and marketing director for Maranatha Music. Thanks for being here, Holland. Hey, thanks for having me. And Chris Monroe is recently retired after 45 years in ministry as a worship leader, associate pastor, and senior pastor. He has an MA and an MDiv from Azusa Pacific University and a doctorate in worship studies from the Robert E. Weber Institute for Worship Studies. Chris currently serves as professor of worship and theology at Promise Christian University and remains an elder, an ordained elder, in the Free Methodist Church. Welcome, Chris. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. So let's just jump right in. Uh, sometimes worship leaders and senior pastors can fall into drawing battle lines and uh, engaging in turf wars. Uh, don't cut into my sermon time by going long on the music or you do the singing and let me do the preaching. Uh, I don't tell you what to preach. Don't tell me what songs to sing. Um, the first half of the service is my domain or, you know what, music are just the preliminaries, the warm-up for the main event of the worship service, which of course is the sermon. So my question to start us off is, how can senior pastors and worship leaders work together? What are things that they can be doing to help them be better at working together as they serve the church and the Lord? Wow, that is a huge... Um... That's a huge topic right there. Just that, just everything that you brought up in that, um, because you know one of the things that uh, it requires, and one of the things that I've discovered that many senior pastors are very uh, poor at doing, and that is communicating. Mm -hmm. um, it has to do with you know first of all communicating your vision for worship in the church. Um, just your introduction, kind of sets the stage uh, for how many pastors think. Uh, in fact, I worked with one pastor that said, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of the Bible, like you're in charge of the music. I, I don't care what you do, uh, you know, just, just make sure you, you stay within the time frame. I had one guy that said, my vision for worship is Sister Act. You know, I want you to do like what Sister Act does. And, um, and that was, that was, to them, the epitome of what worship was to be. Wow. And so, and then I had another guy that came up and just was d dumbfounded, like, wow, that really worked. What made the difference? You know? <laughs> and, I, and, and so it was like, wow. Um, and so to me, it begins with communicating vision. Mm -hmm. uh, what many people don't know about Pastor Chuck Smith is that he was very good at communicating his vision. Uh, when I first started uh, on staff with uh, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, I went into his office uh, because I was going to be leading worship. And I said, tell me your vision for worship. And he, you know, brought out Psalm 100 and led me through the Psalm and said, this is what I love to see. And this is what I expect. And um, he didn't tell me what to do or what songs to do or how to do them. But he gave me his vision, a picture of what the wind looked like. So I knew that we were getting into that realm of worship, uh, you know, because he kind of outlined it for me. And uh, and so even though we had a huge age gap, you know, because I mean, if we were going off of styles, 
he told me his favorite style of music was like uh, the time of, you know, Dean Martin and the Gold Diggers, you know, it was like, you know, piano based, uh, vocal based music, um, which was not what I do, you know, I'm guitar driven and, you know, it's rock and roll. So uh, it's a total different vibe. And yet we were able to work together really well because he just simply laid out for me what his expectations were and made the field big enough for me to kind of, you know, be able to run anywhere I, I could in that field as long as I was staying within the boundaries of those expectations. And it was very easy to serve with them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, Holland. You, you know, you talk about the uh, the importance of just communication. You know uh, how important that is, and obviously, like you and Chuck had had good communication from the get go. That's not always the case in in churches where senior pastors and worship leaders, you know, have this kind of funky, you know, sometimes bantering. Stephen, you were kind of setting us up for that, talking about that how it can get that way. Uh, but the importance of having good, strong communication from the, from the beginning is, is, is essential, I think, for a good, healthy senior pastor, worship leader relationship. Um, the, uh, I, I've always believed that, that, that the relationship that you have or don't have, uh, one with another, senior pastors and worship leaders off the platform, inevitably mm -hmm. shows up on the platform mm -hmm. and so if if you're uh, if you know if if you're spending time together um <clears throat> and not just talking about the mechanics of last week's service you know adjustments criticisms whatever and not just talking about what's expected in the coming week but just communicating um right uh holland mentioned the importance of vision and and being able to kind of dive in and have those deeper meaningful discussions uh, i think are that's essential and the the other thing i you know that i would suggest obviously praying together off platform mm -hmm. you know uh you really get to know uh, a person's soul and, and their heart mm -hmm. when you're praying together so if you're doing that regularly that's that's excellent um and the other thing is is in terms of building relationship with your senior pastor or with your worship leader is uh time not just uh just time in prayer but time in play uh mm -hmm. you know go out and have fun do some yeah. do some uh fun crazy things to get experience you know that's that kind of experiencing life uh together or as part of your staff team um, doing those kinds of things uh, really can go a long way to, to build authentic relationship. Right. Yeah, yeah I agree with agree that. I agree with that. Because uh, like uh, one of the things, probably one of the pastors I partnered best with, uh, best with uh, was a guy by the name of Skip Heitzig. He's with uh, Calvary Albuquerque. And for a period of time, he was in um, at Ocean Hills Church in San Juan Capistrano. And, um, you know, we would go riding Harleys together. Uh, we'd have lunch together uh, and we would pray together. And it, and we would, you know, we were, you know, we were in each other's lives. So when it came to that moment where we were doing battle together on the platform, because I really do believe that the, the, the platform is a battle zone, you know, it's not just a, you know, just a creative zone, it's a battle zone and the enemy is hard at work to disrupt uh, the worship of God in any church. And um, so when you're going into battle together, it, it really helps to know the person that you're going into battle with and knowing what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Um, the thing I do appreciate or did appreciate with Pastor Skip was, um, was we, we understood uh, the boundary of friendship and leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. there were, there's a, a place where we're friends, but then there's a place where I recognize that he's the leader. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's the one that is... Uh, directing uh, the, you know, kind of calling the shots. Um, if he sensed uh, that maybe I planned a, a certain worship set 
but he sensed we're going in a different direction, then I recognized that and I took that lead. And I, and I went in that direction. There were oftentimes moments where I would even write a song uh, on the spur of the moment to fit into what the Holy Spirit was doing in the church at that moment and in response. And so, um, and that kind of relationship was developed, you know, through friendship and it was recognized, you know, uh, in what we did together and in battle on the platform. Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree that relationship is a key element here. Um, I think both sides needs to, need to understand that decisions that are made or um, approaches that one takes to, uh, in a worship service or even in the planning of the worship service isn't because they're trying to undercut you or the other person. Um, it's really in order to help the congregation become more like Jesus, right? I mean, that's what we're, we're doing together is uh, we are to be discipling the body of Christ. Um, as we are disciples, we are to disciple others. And that's our calling as church leadership is how can we help people see who God is and who he wants them to be, how he's working in their lives and how he is making everything, whether it's good or what, whether we consider it to be a bad thing in our lives, that he's using that to make us more like his son. Um, and that's a, a big part of, for me, um, when, when I've worked with a senior pastor or I'm working with worship leaders, I want them to understand my heart and where I'm coming from. And when they do that, then most often um, they're, they're, we're more okay with needing to make changes, right? Mm -hmm. Or when decisions are made, I may not agree with that decision, but you know what? I know my senior pastor's heart. I know that he loves this congregation. I know that he loves the Lord and he's doing his best to follow after God. And so even though I might not agree with it, I'm okay with it, right? And I'm going to support it. Um, I remember a, a church that I served at, we were transitioning from two different styles of worship services, traditional and contemporary, into one style of worship. And um, the reason it, that change was able to be successful was because the congregation understood the hearts of the leadership, the pastoral leaders. The senior pastor and the elders understood the heart of the worship pastor. They trusted in him to be able to make those decisions. Um, the congregation knew that when decisions were going to be made in this more, for lack of a better term, blended style of musical worship, that if a hymn was not selected, it wasn't because the worship pastor hated hymns. It was because maybe it didn't fit the Sunday. Or if they did a Sunday where the majority of the songs were hymns, it wasn't because he hated contemporary songs. And so when decisions are made, if you know the person's heart and if you have a good relationship with them, uh, it's much easier to go along with. That's a weird way to say it, right? But you're, you're not thinking that this is an attack upon you. You're like, okay, we're working toward a common vision, a common goal. I remember serving at another church once and the senior pastor out loud said that he was a non-visionary. And I thought, oh no, this is not going to be good <laughs> because if the senior pastor's not setting the vision, where are we going and how are we going to know where to go? And sure enough, it was a mess because what happens is everybody comes with their own vision mm. and all the visions are different, Right. Um, so I really appreciate both of those comments so far, um, setting the vision and having that relationship to say, you know what, I may not agree with this aspect, but I'm going to support it because I know his heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Stephen, I'm just listening to you talk about that and realizing that when it comes to support, it really needs to flow both ways. Yeah. 
and and it needs to be real, not uh, trumped up or imagined. Uh, the congregation mm. picks up on that. Uh, they yes. will. I mean, they're 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 uh, they're a lot wiser than sometimes we think, mm. and. Um, we uh, the the responsibility that God gives to senior pastors and worship leaders who, you know, we've been using the word platform. Um, they're usually the two who who in a sense wield this this God given uh, influence in the lives of the congregation. Yeah, other people. There's musicians and other deacons and leaders who come and go off of the platform for different parts of the service. But, but by and large, uh, those two senior, pa uh, senior or lead pastor, teaching pastor, whoever, whatever they, they, uh, their designation is and the worship leader, or again, whatever title you want, um, those two, uh, they, they have this God given sense of influence in the lives of those people that, you know, we're going to have to answer to God for. Um, mm -hmm. And and yet it, one is submitted to the other, you know, and as as you were talking about, Stephen, you know, you choose to and uh, and and also the idea that we're friends, but there are these there are these very strong, important both and realities where we're mm -hmm. friends, but but I'm also submitted to the, uh, the the leadership, the vision, and the authority of, of the senior pastor. Let's say, so uh, how does that work out? And and I think that not just being um, theoretically committed to those things, but in practical ways, really helps. And it's part of the modeling that we're doing uh, for the congregation. So uh, understanding the the pastor's vision. And and uh, articulating that uh, both privately and publicly, yeah, sure, uh, and doing it enthusiastically. There you go. And the same for the senior pastor to know the heart of that worship leader and to be able to represent that to others, uh, not just in their presence, but when they're not there. You know, mm -hmm. a, a principle that I picked up on many many years ago really flows from proverbs 31 that you know when when uh when we read about the virtuous wife and how she is praised in the gates mm. of the city and the idea that you know the husband isn't even necessarily there but but he's he's praising his wife uh in that place where where uh the people of influence in the city have gathered together. And so it's that kind of the principle of indirect praise hmm. uh, that is so powerful. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing if, if you're the, um, if you're the worship leader and I, uh, it's one thing if I, if when I'm in your presence, if you, um, if you compliment me, uh, or say something that's affirming, but it's a totally different kind of thing when I hear it second and third hand. Yeah, that this is what you've said about our vision, about our church, about me personally, and again, again that kind of goes both ways, really. Right. Uh, and so that you know, that's just something to throw in there. I think is really important is uh, is is not just believing in these principles but living them out in practical ways yeah yeah and, and the thing is, is i realized that um as i'm listening i'm thinking you know probably people that are watching this uh this video um are really coming from a variety of traditions and sometimes even the the way things are handled within a tradition are differently. You know, within Calvary Chapel, it's a what they call the Moses-led model, the uh, pastor-led church, uh, where you know the senior pastor, um, in many ways, is considered the worship leader of the church in the sense that they set the parameters for worship. If you're with a uh, liturgical church where the uh, leadership is more uh, across a, a, an eldership team, you know, then then uh, then how these kinds of issues are discussed is, is different, you know, than in a church that has a more centralized leadership. And so um, 
but the key to all of that, the principle that cuts across all of that is really that one of relationship and, and love, mutual submission, being mutually submitted one to another, loving one another, speaking well, as you said, Chris, of, of one another, not just uh, in each other's presence, but, but outside of that. Um, you know, it says in the Psalms, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when the mm -hmm. brethren dwell together in unity. And, uh, and, you know, that's, uh, that's just a key principle uh, to any leadership. And so oftentimes what I'll, uh, one of the things I do uh, in helping resolve issues that sometimes develop within a team is maybe helping a worship leader discover that they're in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. um, it's a simple thing, but maybe even though they like, this is my church. Well, if you're kind of causing all the problems in the church through complaining and, and bickering and, and all that sort of thing, maybe the Lord is calling you to a different place. Maybe it's really not your church. Uh, maybe, maybe you have friends and relationships and it's hard for you to realize that uh, that God is taking you in, into a different direction. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, if I'm the, if I'm causing the problems in this equation, maybe, it, maybe I'm the person that should, uh, you know, seek to see what my next assignment is. Um, I've been in that situation before. And, uh, and, you know, the first time it happens, you think, oh, I'm, I'm a bad person. I should be getting along with everyone and there's something wrong with me. Uh, but there may be nothing wrong with you at all. It just may be a difference in vision. And, you know, if we can grasp the concept of the body of Christ that, that you know, there are multifaceted, you know, expressions of the body of Christ. And, uh, and, and maybe I need to find an expression that fits who God wired me to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that person if they are in a place of disagreement and just can't get on board. You know, they're not being unloving or uncaring or unkind. Perhaps maybe they just have a different vision and their vision fits better somewhere else. And, um, and I know that's an uncomfortable kind of, you know, conversation. Um, I've only had to uh, have that with, I think, one person in my whole life, you know, I, and, 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 you know, uh, let's see, I started ministering when I was 16. So out of 44 years of ministry, I've maybe had that conversation once or twice where, I, where I've had to say to someone, I think maybe God has given you a different vision than what we have. And that's OK. You know, go yeah. pursue your vision. And um but but if you bring your vision here, then we have two visions and two visions right. is division, right? <laughs> that's what that's, that's the right. division. That's the definition of division. There's two competing yep. visions. And so um, and that's really scary because uh, in all uh, candor, uh, there are oftentimes situations where uh, the worship leader is dealing with a paycheck. And like, oh, I get paid. How am I going to support my family? Uh, where am I going to get a job? Mm -hmm. And 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 honestly, that's just not a position of faith. You know, you're not being led by faith at that time. Uh, you need to be if you're going to be effective in any ministry, you need to be led by the spirit. You need to walk by faith. And so um, and those are just the, the basic uh, principles, which means that you're going to be led by vision and that vision is going to take you places and it's okay. And you don't have to speak bad of the previous place. It's just a exactly different right. place. You know, yep. um, I like, I like Hawaii. I'm sure I would like Fiji better. I've never been there, but I'm not going to talk bad about Hawaii because I've been to Fiji and I like Fiji better. I'm just going to like Fiji differently than I like Hawaii. And, uh, and I'm going to like Hawaii differently than I like Southern California. And, you know, I may never like Alaska, but that's okay. You know, it's a different vision, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it's just a different way of living. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, in Mark 3, was it 325, I think it is, says, if a house is divided against itself, it, the house cannot stand, right? And so uh, we don't want to cause division within our churches. You know, we want to be unified. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, that doesn't mean that you're always going to, going to agree with one another at all times. Um, I just got back from a ministry trip to Ukraine where I was teaching at a worship conference and at a seminary there. And the gentleman that I met up with, um, who's from Nashville, um, we looked at each other at one point and I said to him, you know what? We really shouldn't be friends because there are so many things that we don't agree on, right? This is the way you think about this. And this is the way I think about this. We really shouldn't be friends. How does this happen? And how can we come together and do ministry together? It's because we're both brothers in Jesus Christ, right? And so we, we have the body of Christ that unites us, Jesus who unites us. And so we're able to come together and do ministry and it's great, um, and so being unified in church ministry doesn't mean that you're always going to agree, mm -hmm. uh, but you also need to be careful to make sure that this actually is a ministry in a church that you can fully 100% support. And if there's anything within you that says, okay, this issue is big enough to where I just can't get behind that might be time for you to move on and find a different church and a different ministry. And that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So what traps do you think there are when it comes to serving in church as a senior pastor or as a worship leader that we really need to be avoiding when trying to figure out how to best work together? Are there any, I mean, we've talked about some of them, right? Uh, differences in vision and things, but are there any other traps that you can think of that we really need to avoid? I think that's a question for Chris since he's the retired guy. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that, huh? Nice. Um, well, I, I want to come at that uh, question from uh, from the senior pastor perspective uh, in terms of I think one trap that pops into my head right away is this um, this kind of false dichotomy this 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 differentiation uh, between uh, the role of the pastor in worship and the role of the worship leader in worship and like, hey, this is my turf. To use another term we've referred to already. Thank you, Stephen. And yeah. and this is your turf. Uh, pastors, the, the trap that many pastors fall into is the segmented way of looking at church ministry where uh, they don't want, frankly, if they're really honest, they don't want anything to do with X, Y, Z because that's not their thing. You know, they're in the ABCs. Somebody else can handle the XYZs. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's problematic uh, be, because then um, it, it, it's how, how in the world, if you have that kind of thinking, how in the world can you effectively encourage, support, yeah. and mentor uh, a, a person that's on your leadership team in such a critical role like the worship leader if you have that attitude, uh, you're you're um, you're you're going to fail. That re relationship and partnership is doomed to fail. As a senior pastor, uh, you need to step into the reality that um, that there is this level of responsibility, even though you share. Uh, that out as a team, you nonetheless are going to carry some primary responsibility. I think that's true spiritually. And for many pastors, they've discovered that's also true ethically and legally. You know, there are just issues there that you need to step into. And what that means for as a senior pastor related to worship is that you need to be a student of worship. Hmm. I, th I think that you especially need to be um, well-read in, uh, in the history and theology of worship and other aspects as well, so that um, you can, with, with knowledge, with understanding, um, encourage and help guide and, and uh, discern for your church uh, you know, where the team, including your worship pastor, 
um, are where they're being encouraged to step out and lead and, and contribute and participate in that common shared vision. So um, that's, um, that's one of the reasons why uh, when I stepped into a senior pastor role, lo and behold, that was the time in my life when I went back to school <laughs> and and started pursuing my 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 uh, my my doctorate in worship studies, mm. and wow, what a difference that made uh, in me and in the church that I was leading. Nice. Yeah, when if I can address the worship leader side for a moment, because it was. Um, one of the things that we noticed uh, at Maranatha Music, because we were doing worship leader workshops all over the country. and uh, I attended a few of those. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, uh, and the thing we noticed is that, you know, the, the, wor- the, the senior pastor would go to seminary, you know, uh, spend, you know, years studying the scriptures, getting educated, and then come into the local church and then a worship leader could strap on a guitar and within a matter of weeks have more popularity and more credibility in the church than the senior pastor just because of the giftedness or the talent and um and so there was a couple issues that that i saw um right off the bat first of all the issue of pride within the worship leader and assuming that 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 popularity and that that was given to their talent or you know people love what they did and and uh and it gave them a platform and their voice it gave them you know instant credibility with people that somehow that that was something to be guarded and protected and you know like this is my you know something that i have and and that oftentimes fueled um, a lot of the comments that you, you know, had in the opening segment where it's like, hey, you know, they're here for the worship. They're not here for the teaching. You know, when mm-hmm. we get to heaven, there's not going to be any teaching. So, hey, the worship leader has job security, right? Mm-hmm. Um, pastor is going to be out of a job. And so I'm the most important person in the church. And, uh, and so there was that issue of really, which demonstrates a lack of love. Mm-hmm. You know, humility is really a lack of uh, Pride is actually a lack of love that's manifested. Um, humility is really a, a demonstration of love, you know, where I love someone enough to lay down, you know, my thoughts, my opinions, and I'm willing to to be workable. You know, that's one of the things that we see with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is easy to work with, you know, mm-hmm. where, and where the Spirit of God is moving amongst the people, you know, there's there's a workability uh, within that people. Uh, but the other thing that we saw was the need for worship leaders to be educated, uh, to know the word, you know, first, you know, and so one of the first assignments I did, uh, when I was leading worship, uh, was I went and I looked up every word in the Bible that had to do with praise, prayer, worship, um, uh, and, and all its different forms, dancing, singing, lifting of the hands, everything that had to do with the area of worship. I, I went through a concordance and just looked up every single scripture, every word, listed them, uh, categorized them, defined the words, what they meant, and, and spent time developing a theology of worship that was based out of the scriptures. And, um, and that was extremely uh, helpful to me because I realized um, uh, several things. And, and that was that my, uh, my assumptions, my beliefs about worship weren't necessarily biblical. Uh, they were cultural. Um, they, were, they were kind of informed by the culture that I was part of, but they weren't biblical in the sense they weren't derived out of the Bible, yeah. you know? Um, and so, you know, s- simple things like the lifting of the hands or, uh, or, uh, or, or singing, you know, and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, just basic things that, that you would think everybody should understand. But when you look at what the scripture says about it, uh, it really enriches your experience. Um, the other thing I did was I, I did take time to learn about the development of worship uh, in church history, 
and how we're, how we came to uh, have the expressions of worship that we have today, uh, especially as a songwriter, you know, looking at the development of song uh, in the church. And what was interesting to me was, um, you know, I have uh, to the, to this day uh, uh, a Billy Graham uh, songbook, and these are the hits of the day. And like these are the top, you know, 50 songs of, of that time period, which was only, a, you know, a few decades ago. And there was only one song I recognized. And it was the song Just As I Am Without One Plea. You know, that was the only song. And here, you know, I'm a songwriter. I'm writing songs that are on the top 100 CCLI. And I'm realizing that in a few decades, no one will even care. Hmm. No one will even know what those songs were because those songs defined a moment. But, you know, there are certain songs that define a generation, certain songs that go beyond generations. But uh, it helped me get a position of humility, even about the songs that I was writing and about the ministry that I had, that really um, the longevity of it is up to God. God's the only one that gives it that longevity. But my focus has to be with what he's entrusted in front of me today. And, and I need to be humble about it. I need to be informed uh, in, in how I do what I do. It needs to be biblically informed. Uh, it's one of the issues I have with much of the worship that's happening today. Uh, it's not biblically informed. It's very emotional. Uh, it's musically powerful. Uh, it's very expressive but it lacks Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to know what fuels revival, you add Bible to emotion and expression and power, you got revival. Mm -hmm. uh, you take the Bible out, you just got a nice time. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a fun time. Yeah. Uh, but what transforms and, and, uh, and changes people's lives is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so it all has to come together. And, and that's one of the things I would... Uh, I would say it, one of the pitfalls with worship leaders is that they just don't spend time knowing the Word of God. And so they're yeah. caught up in whatever the trends are in that moment. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. This is my pet peeve. Uh, there's a prayer, and people have said this is the, mo the most ancient prayer uh, that's, uh, that exists in the church today. It's the prayer, Come Holy Spirit. The problem with that prayer is that it's not in anywhere in the Bible. Hmm. Nowhere in the Bible do you find this prayer. Hmm. But what you do find in the scriptures in Revelation where it says, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Hmm. So the invitation is the Spirit inviting us to come. Hmm. So when we gather together as the community of faith to worship God, the Holy Spirit is already present because the Holy Spirit is the one who has drawn us together. Sure. You know, Christ within us, the hope of glory, you know, the incarnated God that lives within, that dwells inside of each one of us has drawn us together as the community of faith to worship the one true and living God. So God is already present. But many worship leaders have bought into this theology that God is far away and mm -hmm. therefore we have to beg him to come and draw near to us. And it's and it's a tragedy. And so I tell worship leaders, come with the thought that God is already present because because trust me, in Southern California and San Clemente, uh, I'm not competing against other churches. I'm complete competing against the beach. And yeah. so and I'm competing against sports. And mm -hmm. and so if 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 people come to church, it's be, it's truly because the spirit has drawn them. Uh, to 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 leave all those other things you know behind in order to seek the Lord and so God is drawing them and if I can get into my mind that I don't have to ease them into the presence of God that they've already come into the presence of God you know because God has God Himself has drawn them I mean what I tell people is it's like you know the Holy Spirit doesn't like go oh wait a minute let me step out outside of the room and when you guys invite me back I'll come I'll show up. You know, he doesn't do that. You know, it's like, well, you also need fog machines. Yes. Fog yeah. machine and lights. Yeah. Cause there's right. that moment where the, the, the lights, you know, 
go on that's and right. that's the Shekinah, right? Right. So the Shekinah glory of God. You got to have the fog so you can see the Shekinah. Uh, it's, you know, but, but uh. it's crazy because that has been informed by an experiential mindset, not a biblical mindset. Not, not, nothing wrong with experiencing things. Um, but, uh, but we do want to have a biblical mindset. So that, that to me is one of the biggest pitfalls that I see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's one of the things that uh, we really try to um, focus on with Worship Quest Ministries is helping worship leaders to think more biblically, right? To think more theologically about what we're doing, including our song selection. Mm -hmm. What songs are we asking our congregations to sing? Why? Because everything that we are doing in a worship service will spiritually form us. The Holy Spirit's going to take that and it's either going to spiritually form us well by the power of the Holy Spirit, or it's not going to form us very well. Because if it's bad theology, how can we be formed well with bad theology, right? We're not going to be. Um, so I would uh, say with worship leaders, one of the traps, I, I like your, your diva mindset, Right. Because when you were saying the pride issue, I thought, you know, these divas, right, who come out and, you know, it's really all about me um, to avoid that at all costs. Right. When um, a few Worship Quest Wednesdays ago, we talked about the role of the worship leader. And I like what David Ruiz says, which is that a worship leader drawing attention to himself during a worship service is like the best man flirting with a bride as she comes mm -hmm. down the aisle, right? We're not here for ourselves. We're here to point people to Jesus, right? Um, so get, take that away, get that away and focus on the biblical truths of what you're doing, whether it's song or prayer or the reading of scripture as a worship leader, I think we should be involved in all of that, not just leading songs. And then on the flip side, you know, I think senior pastors really need to have more of an understanding that worship goes beyond just music, mm. right? Is it, you know, these aren't synonyms, music and worship, um, that, um, the sermon is not set on a pedestal and the most important element of the worship service. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the sermon is not important. It absolutely is. And it's filled or it should be filled with the words of God, right? But shouldn't our songs be as well? You know, and I know so many people who have been formed spiritually more by the songs that we sing in churches than any sermon that they hear in the service. And so the songs are crucial to what we're doing as we gather together. Um, so just viewing the entire worship service as worship, each element is pointing us to Jesus is helping us become more like Jesus. The Spirit of God is using our songs, our prayers, time at the table, the sermon, every single one of these and more uh, to really make us more like his son. Um, so we talked a lot about relationship between senior pastor and worship leader. So what are some ways in which that relationship can be nurtured? Like, what are specific practical things that we should be encouraging senior pastors and worship leaders to be doing? Uh, because I know some, on both sides, you know, some worship leaders have said, I wish I had a better relationship with my senior pastor. And senior pastors say, man, I wish I knew how to communicate better with my worship leader. I don't think there are any key words to say, you know, but building relationships. So how can we do that? How can we encourage people to do that? Well, probably the best person that I know uh, currently that does that well is a guy by the name of David Rosales, Pastor David Rosales. Uh, he's with Calvary Chapel of the Chino Valley. And one of the things he does is he schedules time every week with his worship leader. He just writes it in a schedule. And he has a meeting with them. Uh, sometimes 
that lasts an hour, sometimes two, three hours. And, uh, and they talk about anything and everything, not just about worship, but just anything and everything. And, uh, but he does, you know, share a lot of vision about worship. They'll, they'll talk about music, songs, they'll talk about um, approaches, what, what he worked, what didn't work. He'll listen to the, you know, he's cultivated uh, a confidence in the worship leader through these discussions where the worship leader can say what he thinks worked and what didn't work. And so there's a sharing of ideas. And, and I think one of the main is very practical things, just you have to put it in your schedule. You have yeah. to schedule time and it's consistent. It's something he does every week. Yeah, good. And what I would add is don't just talk about worship service stuff, right? But talk about your personal life. You know, what's going on in your life? How are you doing? How's your family, right? Yeah, and I would just uh, emphasize in that uh, the importance of prayer. Uh, mm -hmm. Pray together. I mean, yeah. I mean uh, you're talking about all these things, talking about your family and extended family and, and issues in the church, but issues in your own lives, and then genuinely praying for each other. And don't rush it. Uh, you know, don't let it become mechanical, but, you know, keep it, keep it real and take as much time as you need and really pray, intercede for each other. Um, uh, your heart's going to change when you're doing that on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's going to have that's going to have a ripple effect uh, in, in both ministries, uh, as as well as the congregation. So uh, praying yeah. together, huge. And if there's an issue there, and you're, you're struggling, and um, uh, you can't pray, then, you know, I'd go back to what Holland suggested earlier. Maybe God has a different, a different vision and plan for you elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and the other, uh, if I could just also speak to those that are like me right now, where, you know, I also lead worship and I, you know, and I'm doing the preaching, you know, and so it's a very schizophrenic place to be. I'm awful. I'm often mad at myself because the worship goes over, takes, you know, takes over the word, the time of the word, you know, so I have to go afterwards and yell at myself for doing that extra song. <laughs> it's really, it's a really, you know, it's a real kind of schizophrenic place to be. Um, but, uh, and I'm always, you know, mentoring, we've had different worship leaders come up and, and, and uh, then move off out of the area and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's, there's always been in me a tendency to think that somehow uh, I might be doing too much or, or somehow that, you know, what I'm doing isn't really serving the needs of the congregation that we need someone else to fill that need. And I would love to have that partner in ministry. I've had that before. It's just a season that we're in right now and we're open to it. Uh, but it's to take every season uh, that you're in and just just enjoy it and see it as this is a, a season that God has ordained uh, that God and when God brings a worship leader to you that this is a good season that God has brought the two of you together and uh, and it's ordained by him and so just enjoy that season uh, and and uh, and cultivate that relationship realize that you know, uh, I've been pastoring long enough to know that people come and people go. Mm. Staff people come, staff people go. I'm still there, you know. Yeah. And so you might outlive or go through several worship leaders. And um, or you might be in a, a church where pastors come and go. You know, there are some uh, denominations where a pastor intentionally may only be in a location for a few years and then is moved to another church. And that's part of the, uh, in some denominations, they do that intentionally to, to develop the pastor uh, or to kind of, you know, uh, groom the pastor for future leadership opportunities. Um, whatever it is, you know, enjoy that season. Uh, it's really a sweet season. It can be a sweet season uh, if you see it as a season and not as a, uh, uh, not as like this is an eternal thing and oh I'm going to be stuck with you forever. Uh, that's a horrible mindset to be in, but to really just enjoy that season. 
And if you're like me and you're in a season where you're doing it all, um, enjoy that season. Um, I enjoy a season. Right now, I have a full band. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, we can do songs I couldn't do with with you know without a full band. Um, but there were times when I really enjoyed just me with my acoustic guitar uh, because I could do things that I couldn't do with a full band. I could go places. I could change up. Um, and I enjoyed that season. And so it's just learning to have that attitude of just enjoying whatever season that you're in. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think regular meetings is really important, uh, between a senior pastor and their worship leader. Um, I would also say that those meetings don't always have to happen in an office mm -hmm. and don't always necessarily have to be talking specifically about ministry. I remember when I first entered full-time ministry, I was a young, what was I, 23-year-old worship leader at a church, and the senior pastor and I realized, and we were the only two full-time uh, pastors at the church, but we realized we both really love movies, so we'd talk about move, the latest movies we've seen, and then it turned into about once every other week or so, maybe once a month, I can't remember. We would go to lunch and then go to a movie and see a movie at the theater. And that those were really good times of just us building relationship outside of ministry. Now, of course, when you are a pastor or a worship leader, most often conversation always comes back to ministry, right? And what you're doing. I think that um, is good. They could probably be bad at times, um, not being able to turn that off, but um, I would say don't always just have a meeting in an office talking about what happened on Sunday and what we're doing this Sunday, right? Uh, but actually spend time together building that relationship outside of that. Good. Well, thanks guys for being a part of this. Really appreciate it. Uh, what final words would you have for senior pastors and worship leaders as we wrap this up? I would encourage worship leaders who are working uh, with or for pastors who uh, are outwardly busy and maybe aren't all that relational to take some initiative. Uh, don't wait until there's a problem mm. uh, to have the, have a conversation. Uh, try to uh, you know initiate that. Uh, get uh, solicit their feedback and um, engage them in conversation yourself. And, uh, and again, just because um, that'll help. Um, that'll help build that relationship. And the other thing is, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, follow the golden rule in your ministry, you know, so um, uh, and I'm going to come back to praise, praise your pastor in the gates. Nice. so to speak, you know, even when, when praise him, when he's not in your presence Good. and do it, do it sincerely. And, uh, what goes around comes around mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and we serve a God, the God, of uh, who I think the, of reciprocity, right? Mm -hmm. We reap what we sow. And so we don't always reap it in, in, in the way and in the, and in the timing that we would anticipate, but we put our trust in God's word and who he is. So do that and, um, and uh, you'll be blessed. Yeah. yeah, and I would, uh, the only thing I would add to that is, because uh, I agree with all of that. In Revelation, it says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I think sometimes we forget where we came from and what God has done in our lives. And the fact that our sins are forgiven, it seems so basic. Uh, but when we forget that our sins are forgiven, that we have been forgiven, uh, when we forget what has been done for us, that God has brought us out of darkness and into his glorious light, then it's easy for us to lose the joy and the awesome 
excitement and privilege it is mm. just to serve him in any capacity. Yeah. And I can I can then start developing an attitude that somehow I'm owed something, that I deserve something, I've been doing something, that I am something. Mm-hmm. And I forget that, you know, I I came from nothing and everything I have has been given to me by God. And even my gifts and my talents and my abilities, uh, if I'm a, a pastor, my ability to think and discern and to and to understand scripture as a worship leader, my, my musical skills and abilities, all gifts from God. Yeah. Everything I have is from Him. And anything good that comes is from Him. Hmm. And so when I approach anybody from that place, it's not hard to find joy in serving even the most difficult person. Because were it not for for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. Right. Uh, I wouldn't be serving him. And so I always keep that at the center of my mind in everything I do. Uh, even though I, I am the senior pastor, I am the boss in, in essence. Uh, I don't walk around with my boss hat, you know, claiming bosshood. You know, it's just that... Uh, it's it's a, it's great when I want to buy musical equipment because it's easy to get the PO passed. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is uh, I I really do um, I really do come from a place of gratitude and thanksgiving in anything that I do in serving the Lord because uh, I do I do remember that I was once lost and now I'm found. I was once blind and now I see. And just the sheer thankfulness and gratitude of that. Um, I'm just blessed to do anything for the Lord. And so if you keep that as your mindset, um, it'll help you do a good warfare. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Chris, will you pray for us, uh, all of those senior pastors and worship leaders that are watching this? Be happy to. Thanks. Gracious Father, we thank you for uh, this opportunity to come together and talk about um, some things very uh, near and dear to our hearts and deeply rooted in, in our stories uh, and in our past. And we, we know that, uh, that there, I'm sure, are many uh, pastors and worship leaders who, who um, are watching right now Lord, I pray your amazing blessing on each of them. I pray that somehow that something we touched on uh, will be uh, that, that seed word that, that gets into their mind and heart and that uh, as they ruminate on that and as they meditate on that, that idea, Lord, that it would become more than just uh, an idea from from someone they may or may not know, but it would become mm. that God idea, uh, that Lord, that you would use that to cause um, them to be stretched and to grow in good ways. Um, Lord, we pray that you would give them hope, Lord, no matter what their situation might be, and no matter perhaps uh, the relationship between senior pastor and worship leader has been strained. Lord, would you mediate those situations and by your Holy Spirit, uh, start something new to percolate and spring forth. Give them hope, uh, Lord, because you love them and you love the church that they serve, Amen. Lord. And you, um, Lord, you uh, would want us all Lord, to keep pressing deeper and, and reaching further as we become more and more like you, Jesus. Yes. Lord, bless our humble efforts, hmm. Lord, uh, but give us strength to apply all that we have. Help us believe that uh, you are the one able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask or think. Lord, um, and that's um, and then Lord, just redeem uh, the past, past mm. mistakes, um, past lessons, past uh, decisions. Lord, you're the one who is able 
to work all things together for good to those who love you and are called. And Lord, we believe that we are all called and that we do love you, or at least we admit we want to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Lord, bless um, all those who are in those uh, positions of responsibility and authority and those who are aspiring uh, into those places. Bless their journey path as well, and may it all bring you amazing glory, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.